When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast, along with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. I'm Chris Plank, and we call our early week edition the Game Plan Sooner Sports Podcast Live, of course, on Facebook. T-Row, how you doing, man? I'm okay, Plank. How are you today? Good. Good. I tried to be a little bit more low-key because I felt like I came on a little bit too hot. Last oh, week. last week? You yeah. mean you came out of the gates a little too? Came out of the gates. So it's it's a ramping up process okay. for the show today. I can respect it. Um, boy, this is a full day, I, I think is the is the best way to put it. Because so Toby does his radio show from 6 to 9. Then he comes over to host the Lincoln Riley press yep. conference. Mm-hmm. Then we do this. And then when you're done here, I don't know. Do you just hang out at Rudy's the whole day before the? No, I do not. I will uh, find a place to get a little work done this afternoon for nice. Rudy's. But, uh, yeah, then we got Rudy's tonight at 6. We got the huddle with uh, Teddy Lehman and uh, the Lincoln Riley Show at 7. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Come on out. If you've never been, you need to come to the show sometime. The food is great. Of course it is. Butkus Award winner is there. So, I mean, you know, there's really no need, reason not to do it. So. Do we spend some time here talking about Teddy's driving? or do we Well, I was going to ask you how you're feeling after the weekend trip. I mean, that was pretty brave of us. We probably did not nah, do it right. Do no, uh, we needed to stop and stay in Kansas City or mm-hmm. something. I, I do have to laugh a little bit whenever I hear Gabe talk about being sleep-deprived when he slept the whole way home. But, I mean, <laughs> who am I to sit here and judge? No, but in all seriousness, it was fun. Uh, it was a fun trip because of our great supporters, the Love's Travel Stops, Lander's Auto Group, yeah. uh, Uncle Toby, who took care of us as well for a lot <laughs> of things on this trip. Uh, but then again, though, it's funny. I, I went to Lander's Chrysler Jeep Dodge to take back my, my truck, which was awesome, which I really wanted to keep. But awesome it, took, truck. it was an awesome truck. Yeah. And 
uh, Hank, who had given the truck, said, you know, I, I guess this is kind of a, one of those other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play right. questions. He's like, did you, have, did you guys have a good trip? And everything about our trip was fun, challenging and interesting, but then you get to the core of the game, and uh, Toby, it's just it's, it's a gut punch, you know, for Sooner fans to go to Ames where OU hasn't lost since, what, 1960, drop a tough game. But this isn't, you know, this isn't some garbage Iowa State program. This is a team that's done an incredible job with Matt Campbell of rebuilding. John Heacock has a unique defensive scheme that has worked. They've got some players now. So, again, you expect to go on the road and win those games. You're the five-time champs. But that's a, that's a good Iowa State team. They're going to beat some people this year. It's a good team. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Iowa State's a good team. they got a chance to make a run at the conference title this year. Really do. They've got a good quarterback, good running back. Um one of the best tight ends in America, solid defensively. So that's a good football team. It, I mean, but it's the second straight week in which a quarter and a half into the game, you thought, all right, OU's got this one under control. You know, it was 17-6. to six. They played great early on both sides of the ball. And you thought, yeah, Oklahoma's definitely the better team. They're going to flex their muscle. And, and as the game went along, Iowa State slowed them down a little bit offensively. Iowa State figured out some some things with all the shifting and all the motioning that they were doing to confuse OU and make some big plays. And sure enough, it comes down to a fourth quarter game. I don't think there's any doubt the kickoff return was the biggest play of that game. And uh, and obviously there was a missed call there at the end that hurt OU's chances as well. But disappointing night. I mean, there's some, some glaring issues that have to be rectified if they're going to beat Texas, not if they're going to run the table, if they're going to win this Saturday. And that is one tackling, two the run game, and three special teams. And I should have put special teams one. I just ticked off Teddy for making special teams three. (laughs) I mean, that's two straight weeks. A huge special teams play has been the play of the game in the fourth quarter. Tackling was a massive issue against Brees Hall and Iowa State. And the run game is still just not what we're used to. You know, to get the ball down to the one-yard line on the opening drive and run it twice and not get in, that's not what we're used to. To average three and a half yards of carries, not what we're used to. And Lincoln did a good job in his press conference today explaining that it's not always the offensive line. Uh, they're playing nine- and ten-man football right now, which means sometimes the running back's not making a guy miss, sometimes... Uh, wide receivers not blocking downfield. Sometimes it's the offensive line. But connecting it all up at the same time is an issue for them offensively right now. And that's got to get fixed before before Saturday because when I think of OU Texas, Chris, every year the team that runs the ball better wins this game. The team that is the more physical wins OU Texas every year. And Oklahoma on the offensive you know, side of the ball and defensively, but specifically running the football is not physical enough right now. So that's got to change. They've got to go play smash mouth physical football and have success running the football. Spencer Rattler is going to be okay. I know it's his first OU Texas game, but he impressed me Saturday. I think he's going to be okay. Uh, Stogner, Mims, Rambo, Stoops, Weiss, uh, Obialo, they, they, uh, Jeremiah Hall, they're going to make plays in the passing game. But they have to be able to be physical and run the football against Texas. Yeah, my God. I mean, you look you look at the team that wins OU Texas, 
that a rushing attack, more physical football team, yep. period, in a discussion. Um, you know, we're, we're watching the, the latter part of the highlights for those that are catching this on Facebook Live. You know, our, you mentioned the, the desire still to get turnovers. I found it interesting. And they had so many opportunities, it seemed, on Saturday night to where if you just maybe make one more play, maybe make one more step, you're going to end up turning the ball over. But I did find it interesting, and you mentioned it when Lincoln Rally was asked about, hey, you know, the, the, the focus on turnovers, does that get away from some fundamental things that need to be done? And I thought it was pretty telling. Yeah, there were great chances on Saturday night. We're showing you some of those right now. But, Toby, I thought it was a, a, an interesting moment from Coach Riley today where he talked about, yeah, you know, that's something that we're addressing and we're working on right now. I, I, I agree. That was maybe the most fascinating part of his press conference to me was that he said, yeah, yeah, we're looking at that. That's definitely a possibility. And it makes sense that there's so much talk, so much emphasis on why aren't we creating turnovers that maybe some guys are flying into a tackle recklessly in hopes of putting a helmet on ball or popping the football loose or whatever the case may be at the expense of fundamental tackling. And uh, I, I, I think that's a great question. For Ted, I think that's a great question for Gabe. Does that make sense? And if so, you know, what's the fix there? Do you just maybe <laughs> dial it and say, listen, we'll create turnovers, but more importantly, let's get this guy to the ground. And it's been a glaring issue, not just this year, but for the last few years uh, with this program. So hopefully they can get it rectified. You get on special teams, and, you know, it's two weeks in a row when a special teams issue uh, ends up playing a major part in this game. And, you know, this has been, if you listen to the radio network, you know this, or if you've uh, followed Teddy at all, Toby, you may, I mean, this is something that Teddy yeah. talks about incessantly, and that's special teams. And go back to the Kansas State game, obviously the block punt Saturday night. Uh, Gabe Burkich misses a 54-yard at the end of the first half, and then you have the, the kick return, and it had been something, again, Teddy talks about it nonstop. You've got to be excellent in the, kicking, in the kicking game and special teams in general. No, and he's absolutely right. I do think, it, you know, Oklahoma's been as good as anybody in the country in place kicking True. the last uh, few years with, with Seibert and certainly with Burkich last year, uh, did not missing a kick. Made a 51-yarder, a career-long Saturday, missed the 54-yarder, but that's the one area they have excelled at. But they haven't had a kickoff return since 2016. They haven't had a punt return for a touchdown since 2016. Uh, so, now they, they did pop a block a punt Last year for a touchdown, I think Stogner fell on it, if I remember correctly. Uh, they've had a couple of punt blocks in the last couple of years, but you look at these big games, and last week Kansas State blocked a punt against them. Uh, huge momentum swing. Sa- Saturday, Iowa State's kickoff return was the biggest uh, play of the game. And how many times in the history of OU Texas can you look back at a kickoff return or a punt return or a block field goal, or a block punt, or a last-second field goal by Dicker, the kicker. That is the decisive point in that game. So there's no reason to think that special teams isn't, again, going to be a major factor on Saturday. You know, since we're getting ready for OU Texas, there's one name that comes to mind, and uh, Joshua Dalton just tweeted, hey, we need a player like Roy Williams. Well, yeah, we need a player like Roy Williams every single year on this team. But, you know, um, maybe – Maybe it would have been the difference that a guy like a Justin Harrington could have made who got injured when he came on campus. Maybe, you know, Lincoln talked about getting to a place with some during his presser today with some of these guys 
that haven't been able to practice, and maybe it was contact tracing. Maybe they had COVID-19. Maybe they've been dinged up. Uh, he talked a couple weeks ago about how they had a, a stomach bug a while back that went through the team. Toby, you just can't throw a guy on the field and say, go. And you got to have confidence in them. They, got, they have to have practice. And I think, you know, as this season progresses, you'll start seeing more rotation. But, yeah, we can always use another Roy Williams. Let's yeah. go. Again, Roy, I, in fact, I was supposed to talk to Roy today for a podcast. I mean, does he have any eligibility left? I think we might be past that right now with Roy. We may need, we may yeah. need him to do a couple of stairs, too, right. before we throw him out there. <laughs> Get him back in football shape. No, he's right. I think it, COVID's had a major impact on depth. Uh, we just don't know exactly who's available right. and why we haven't seen some guys. Maybe they're not ready. Maybe they've missed a bunch of practice, whatever the reason may be. So it's just hard to speculate. In, in the pro game, they have to reveal injuries. You know, it's a part of uh, what, what is required every week. In the college game, uh, there are HIPAA laws. And, and, and on top of that, they don't want to release injuries so that the opponents don't know. So we just don't know how, some, how far some of these guys are along. But this is the kind of game, though, that Roy Williams is emerge. You know, Roy Williams wasn't Roy Williams until he became Roy Williams. Right. You know, Teddy Lehman wasn't Teddy Lehman until he became Teddy Lehman. And it's stages like this, games like this, that you make a name for yourself forever. Right. You know, we look back, uh, tell me about this season. Well, that's the year that this guy made that play. <laughs> right, right, right. And it's not always a Adrian Peterson or a guy going into the game that was a star, sometimes it is a role player who makes the big play at the biggest moment. Uh, there were the, the, who was the safety, Chris, a couple of years back uh, from Midwest City? Had a monster game. It's like the, the uh, biggest impact that he ever had in an OU uniform. You think of Will Sunderland, maybe? Will Sunderland, yeah. yeah. Will Sunderland had a huge game against Texas. Big interception. Yeah. Save that game. And and so this is the game in which, and sometimes, unfortunately, it's a Texas guy right. who out of nowhere uh, has a monster day. So you got a chance to make it. My point is you got a chance to make a name for yourself on Saturday. Uh, and, and then real quick, before we look at the, the Big 12 from last week and start previewing Texas a little bit, you know, it's, it's wild because in – so we're, we're launching a new podcast, and our first episode is this week, and we're focusing on that Superman play, the 2001 OU-Texas game, which was wild. And I'm watching that play, and I'm, I'm going back over, and I'm talking to Teddy about it. And you just think about, in that moment, how monstrous that seemed. And, and that was the first time whenever OU and Texas played in 2001 that they were in the top five since 1980-something. OU finished that season with two losses. You know, everyone remembers that. And they remember that game and that moment because it's one of the greatest moments in college football history. But the end result was a two-loss season, and they played in the Cotton Bowl. So I guess maybe that's my charge to say, even in this COVID times, there's still a long way to go. <laughs> we, st we still got a lot of games ahead of us, and I'm guaranteeing you there's still a lot of fun to be had this season. And it doesn't mean something special won't happen in this game. Exactly. I mean, it's going to be a great game. The, uh, uh, the James Allen Overtime oh touchdown run is one of the great moments in OU Texas history. That was not a national championship caliber <laughs> football no, team was it? that year. So some of uh, my favorite moments from the series have been uh, from teams that didn't end up, you know, hoisting a trophy at the end of the year. And this team still might. But I kind of have a hunch that we might be in for something special Saturday from this game because of all the reasons that we shouldn't anticipate it. You know, no state fair, no big techs. No midway. No bands. 
Uh, I do think we have a couple of corny dog stands, but no hoopla. <laughs> 11, what is it, 11,000 people on each side. Right. I mean, there's so many, re- both teams are coming off a loss. There's so many reasons for everybody to go, eh, I don't know about this year. And that is usually when something amazing happens. You right. Know? So I can't wait. I, I think Saturday will be in for a heck of a game. All right, so speaking of the Big 12, here's what happened this past weekend across the conference. If you were uh, solely focused on OU and Iowa State and then decided not to pay attention to anything else, uh, West Virginia off to a nice start in Big 12 play. They went in overtime over Baylor. I didn't realize this, Toby. Baylor has never beaten West Virginia in Morgantown. Now, granted, there's not a long history there between those two teams, but uh, Neil Brown gets the win. Kansas State improves to 2-0. TCU had the win over Texas, which had a lot of people talking, and then Oklahoma State rolled Kansas. But we had a chance to watch quite a bit of that TCU-Texas game, counting down to our pregame show on the Sooner Radio Network. And, hey, man, TCU's now looking pretty good in conference play. Max Duggan is healthy. Max Duggan looks good. He looks really good. He's got some nice skill position guys around him, too. That's going to be a tough game when OU goes down there. That's the next game after this one, Yep. Uh, by the way. But, yeah, I think TCU's got a chance to make some waves. I mean, you look at that scoreboard, Chris, and I think it is indicative of what you're going to see in this conference this year every Saturday, which is whoever's playing Texas has a bye. I mean, sorry, whoever's playing Kansas has a bye, and every other game is going to be a tight one. You know, that was there was no game decided by more than 10 points on Saturday. That was the K-State game, and that was closer than that. So that's what it's going to be. I think you've got nine fairly evenly matched football teams, and they're going to duke it out every Saturday, and it's going to be fascinating to see which two are standing when it comes Big 12 championship time. Well, this guy's uh... – had a few moments against Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley, one of his best lines. He's he had still his, there. <laughs> Sam Ellinger. Lincoln Riley had one of his best lines at his press conference where he said, I'm starting my fourth different quarterback against Sam Ellinger in this series. And he's right. Yeah. Baker, Kyler, Jalen, and now uh, Spencer. But he's uh, he's had some moments, has Sam Ellinger in his career. I know that a lot of people like to mock the idea of the we're back after the OU Georgia game. But uh, again, he's he's a problem for any team, and I think he's got a chance to play at the next level and doesn't turn the ball over too terribly much, and he's had some big games against Oklahoma. He's a problem. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I don't hate to correct this a graphic on the air. Uh, we're showing a graphic right now. It says Sam Ellinger's fourth career start versus OU. It's actually his fifth because he played in the uh, Big 12 championship game ah, against right. too. Um, and he could have more, but – that's amazing to think this is – has that ever happened in OU Texas history that a guy's oh starting his fifth game against OU? Oh, he, I, we tough. might have a controversy. Did he start his freshman year or did Shane Bouchelle oh, start? He came in. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. He did start. Oh, Craig Moran with the clarification. He did start that game? Okay. Yeah, yeah Moran taking, the, taking one for the team. So, fifth start, Toby. You're well, right. He's tough. He's seen a lot of football, so – it's hard to confuse him with different defenses and blitzes and things like that. He's a running threat, especially in this game. He's killed Oklahoma. Not that he's speedy or anything, but he's powerful. And a couple of years ago, he got six, seven yards anytime he wanted to. And so, you know, it's this is a difficult test for an OU defense that has to come in lacking a little bit of confidence with the way they've played the last couple of weeks. And now they got to go face a quarterback whose team is number one in the nation in scoring at 51 points a game and who has historically played pretty well 
against Oklahoma. This is a tall test for Pat Fields and the rest of that OU defense. 116th meeting will be unlike anything we've ever experienced. I mean, let's just go yep. ahead call it like it is regardless unfortunately of what, unfortunately regardless of what's happened on the field between these two teams this season though you had wanted to in texas at two and one just the the challenge of generating excitement in a place where basically that excitement is there from the moment that we see it on the schedule it's it's going to be so different but in that same vein i mean i i'll tell you what the crowd that was there on Saturday night names, Toby, I thought when things got going, they made a difference. I think there's still going to be some – there's going to be some energy. There's going to still be some electricity. It's just going to be a different feeling for the first time in a while. I don't know what it's going to be. I, <laughs> I don't – you know, I don't have any idea. I I, I, I tell you, I'm sad this week. My, my heart breaks for a whole lot of people who this is a tradition oh. that they plan their years around, you know. There's a ton of streaks that are going to be coming to an end this year. Fans who have gone to OU Texas games every year since fill in the blank and always go with dad or grandpa or brothers or sisters or whatever the case may be. I know a ton of those people. You know a ton of those people. And they're going to be forced to be at home this year watching on their TV or hopefully listening on their radio or whatever the case may be. And I feel I just feel terrible for them, you know? I mean, the whole party around this weekend and the excitement building up to it and the fair and all that kind of stuff it's just going to be different but hopefully next year we get back to what we love in OU Texas and hopefully this game still delivers despite that while we're watching some of the highlights from last year's game oh CD Lamb he, he looked nice in a senior uniform this year he had his first two touchdown catches in the NFL against Dallas last week but I mean even watching these highlights and by the way uh, you can listen to the OU Texas game from 2019 on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Simply look in our, uh, look in our archives. But, you know, that was, that was one of those types of games, Toby, last year to where, you know, Oklahoma made a couple of mistakes. You kind of felt like they could pull away from them. But I think you and Chad hit it on the head when you guys were wrapping up the uh, press conference show. Last year's game with the nine sacks was that moment where you're like, Speed D is here and it's not going anywhere. Mm. Maybe we can have a moment like that again yeah. this Saturday, right? Maybe we can. I hope so. I, I mean, I think that it would be great for them to have a breakthrough performance defensively that would propel them for the rest of the year. I mean, that's what you got to hope for. And um, have we seen evidence of it yet? Well, I, I thought the defensive line looked better on Saturday. I thought Perry on Winfrey and, and those guys got made Brock Purdy more uncomfortable than Agreed. they were able to make Skylar Thompson. Um, so, and if they could get some help on that pass rush, then, then you never know. So that's what you got to hope for. I mean, all you can yeah. do is go play the next one and hope that you have a breakthrough performance and confidence starts to build. Maybe you get a couple of turnovers. You start to believe those are going to happen. And then you go down to TCU and with a little bit more swagger to you. Speaking of a little bit more swagger, well, let me, let's get one question out there. Steven Showers asked any news on the suspended players. Um, there was no update provided during the Lincoln Riley press conference, unless I was snoozing through it. No one asked about no. it. But Ronnie Perkins was there on Saturday night, and we think, after what Lincoln said on the Big 12 teleconference on Monday, there's a chance that seven, number seven could be back in the lineup on Saturday, right? Well, I mean, I, I don't know. There, there are a lot of media reports out there that have said that. Lincoln has not. Nobody at OU has. So, I mean, I guess we'll do what we do a lot, Chris, whether it's injuries or suspensions or whatever the case may be, 
we hand our buddy Greg Blackwood a pair of binoculars, <laughs> right? Our Is spotter, he out there? Our spotter in the Sooner Radio booth. And from the moment OU gets off the buses, you know, and they start to trickle onto the field in the Cotton Bowl, he has it uh, down as to who's there, who's not, and all that kind of stuff. So it does, it does give an extra layer of intrigue to this game Saturday that maybe that's a possibility and I'll tell you, he looked good. I, my radio partner, TJ Perry, said when they would show him on the sidelines Saturday, it looked like an NFL player was back on his bye week. <laughs> that, I mean, he's, you know, he's put together. He is. So we'll is. see. Well, I, I have no idea, but we'll see. By the way, to let you know how necessary Greg Blackwood is, uh, sometimes on the sidelines, I might lose track of a guy. I'm like, Greg, have you seen Trey Brown anywhere on Saturday night? Where's Trey Brown? He hadn't been in a couple of series. I don't see him. Did he go back to the locker room? And literally, he was sitting on the bench right in front of me. Yeah. So Greg's like, <laughs> I think he's right in front of you, Plank. And I looked up, and there's Trey Brown. So we need Greg Blackwood. But we'll have our eyes on it on Saturday. We'll see. The hope is that he'll be there, but I guess we'll all find out together. Toby, enjoy all the shows tonight. You're just getting uh, started, that's man. That's right. That's right. The huddle tonight at 6 o'clock. Lincoln Riley show at 7, and of course, we've got you covered with OU Texas this Saturday morning. 9 a.m. pregame, 11 a.m. kickoff. Toby, have a great week. For see you, Plank. Producer Craig Moran, I'll be Chris Plank, and we'll see you Saturday. Boomer Sooner, everybody. All right, thanks, Chris. Uh, thanks, everybody, for being here today. Um, certainly, obviously, a, a very exciting week for our program. Always is, each and every year, and even with the, with the differences this year and, uh, you know, every, everything that has been different, we – you still can feel that sense of excitement and, and anticipation for for this week. So we're, uh, you know, certainly can't wait to to get down to Dallas and go play. Um, you know, uh, a, a very good Texas team. Obviously, uh, different in some ways with uh, with a couple of new coordinators on on or on uh, each side of the ball, but a lot of familiar faces um, uh, as far as the players are concerned. So you know, this is. Uh, I've said it year in and year out, and never never gets old, man. This this game is, is always as fun as it gets, and uh, we we love having a chance to compete at it. It's it's one of the, you know, certainly one of the reasons when you decide to to and get the chance to come coach at a place like Oklahoma, or, or from our our player standpoint, you get a chance to come play here. Part of that decision is knowing that you get to be a part of this game, and uh, and and how fortunate we all are. It's easily the best best rivalry game in college football, and. Uh, Again, with that, even with some of the differences this year, um, as far as the game and all that's going on, this will—it's—it's uh, it's still one that you just—you you can't wait for. You love to be able to coach in and compete in. So we're, you know, we're uh, excited to do it. We've had a, you know, a, a strong start to the week of practice. Um, you know, team is, uh, you know, team is really fighting hard. They are, and they—they've uh, they've responded to to us to the things that we've put in front of them, the challenges uh, to get better and. And uh, and that's something that we've all had to do. Every single person in this program, myself, every staff member, every player, is find the areas that we need to improve, do the necessary things to get that done, um, and keep staying together. And uh, so we'll uh, look forward to having another great week of prep and uh, go down there and hopefully be ready to play our best game on Saturday. Thank you, Coach. We'll take questions, and we'll begin with Jason Kersey of The Athletic, who will be followed by Ryan Aver. Hey, Lincoln, you, you haven't had many quarterbacks who have experienced two losses this early in the season, certainly back-to-back -back losses. I'm just wondering, how is Spencer handling this? And are, have you been impressed with the way he's handled it? And then secondly, how difficult is this game specifically for young quarterbacks? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's handling it. Uh, I think he's handling it well. He's, uh, you know, we've tried to stay just really focused on, and, and I don't know if it's necessarily just with him, really the whole team. Let's 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 really break this thing down to what it is and the things that we're doing well. Let's let's build on them. And he's doing many things very very well. And honestly, a little bit ahead and in some of the areas that that you know maybe a little bit further ahead than I would have guessed at this point um there's things that he can improve on uh like every player on this football team and uh we're trying to stay focused on what those things are but as far as his you know emotional state his psyche confidence all that this uh, he's rock solid uh, he is he's a he's a competitor he knows he belongs in that arena uh, of course he's going to continue to get better as the years go on i mean it's uh you know, a great example is, you know, looking at the other sideline in, in this game. You know, we've uh, – I think this will be the fourth dif- different quarterback I've rolled out there with uh, with Sam on the other side. So, uh, you know, it's uh, – and, and you know, a ton of respect for him and the job that, that he's done to continue to improve over the years. So, um, yeah, no, Spencer's doing doing well. You know, he's he's given our, our football team chances to win. Now, that does that mean he can – that, that there's not areas he needs to improve. No, of course there's areas that he needs to improve, and we're going to need him to continue to take those steps. But he's uh, – uh, I like the way he's playing. I like where his head's at, and we're going to keep pushing to get better and better. Ryan Aver, the Oklahoman, and then Eric Bailey. Yeah, Lincoln, uh, through the first three games, penalties have been somewhat of an issue, uh, really on both sides of the ball. Do you see a, a common thread uh, through those, and, and how do you fix – those things when it seems like uh, they seem to come at, at really inopportune times. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the especially the last two games, um, you know, I think it was there was definitely a difference. Uh, you know, I thought in the Kansas State game, just a just a lot of mental errors as far as the penalties. You know, we had some some really just bad penalties, some dumb penalties, guys losing focus, guys not playing. Uh, the the level ball or as clean and, and with great technique like we expect them to. Um, I I was really really disappointed in the penalties after that game. Obviously there were some you know some huge ones. Uh, I thought I thought this game uh, we were much cleaner. Um, there was a couple of defensive holds in the backfield that that we have to do better with that were unnecessary and, and a lot of times we had the guys covered. I mean that was the the disappointing thing is, I mean, they, they they were dead plays and uh, and and you know lost our technique, panicked, whatever we want to call it, and gave them some easy ones. Um, I I thought uh, I thought several calls in the last game were 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 incorrect, and uh, so I thought we played honestly a lot cleaner game. We need to do a little bit better on the defensive holds. Other than that, uh, certainly more clean uh, against Iowa State than we were against Kansas State. Appreciate it, Lincoln. Eric Bailey with the Tulsa World, and then Joe Bettner. And coaches usually do not want to weigh too much on any single game, but from a big picture standpoint, how important is Saturday not only for the balance of this season, but for seasons to come in terms of perception and recruiting? Oh, this game's always as important. I mean, I, I don't know that it's any more or less important than it always is. I mean, it's a it's a it's an important game. It's an important game within our conference, regionally, on a national scene. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know that you could. I, I think it always is important. I think it always matters. I think there's always you know there's always kind of shock waves from it. Um, but I don't know that 
it's any more important than it's ever been. It's, uh, you know, for a regular season game, I mean, it's uh, it's about as good as you get, and it's about as good as you get every single year. Mm-hmm. Joe Benton with the Norman transcript, and then John Hoover. Lincoln, it seems like the team that comes out more physical usually wins OU Texas, and I'm curious, there are three games where you feel like your team has, I guess in terms of what, uh, you know, physicality you can bring in, Oh, our potential. Um, I'm, I, there's no doubt the potential's there. Uh, but we, you know, like everything right now, we've got to do it more consistently. Um, you know, I think you, you see flashes of us being a, a really physical football team, and, and then there's flashes where we have not been. Uh, our physicality has not been up to our standards. So I, you know, I, I put that in the category of a lot of things for our football team right now. Great, some great flashes, a lot of potential. But the, the sooner we turn that potential into you know, more consistent performances, then the sooner we're going to play the way that we want to play. So to John Hoover with SI Sooners and then Barry Trammell. Hey, Lincoln. Um, having an experienced quarterback obviously is a, is a luxury in, in college football, but it seems like this game really emphasizes that. The numbers, when you look at wins and losses, are really one-sided when one quarterback has played this game and the other one hasn't. Why do you think that is Oh, just because probably the importance of it, the the atmosphere, um, you know, the the intensity. It's hard to. It's one of those games if you haven't been a part of it. You know, we've said this before. It's it's hard to understand. You know what it feels like to play in this game. Now, you know, this year's. You know, there, there's definitely going to be some differences this year. I mean, I, I you know, I no way no way around. It's still going to be a great football game. That, that's not going to stop that. But it's. All that surrounds this game is obviously going to be toned down uh, a great deal. So, but historically, yeah, I mean, it's there, there's so much that goes on around it, and the intensity of the game, the atmosphere of the game is, is so unlike anything else that I that would be my initial guess. And then, and then, I mean, you know, normally, just I think in normal football, I, I don't think the statistics would be a whole lot different on that. I mean, it's you know, normally when a quarterback's more experienced, uh, not not always. Um, certainly not always, but it's uh, there's certainly an advantage there. I mean, there's no question about it. It doesn't mean you win and lose solely because of that, but obviously it's a pretty important position. Gary Trammell with the Oklahoma and then Gary Emick. You know, Lincoln, after, the, after seeing the film from Ames, the tackling issues, you have any new thoughts on that? Have you guys been doing anything different? Is any of that related to the crazy offseason we had? How do you – yeah, I mean, I mean, big picture wise, looking at it from a comparison uh, standpoint, you know, because I do feel like we've, you know, certainly compare it to, to last year with a lot of the same guys. Um, I thought we tackled very well early uh, in the season. So, you know, did the off season or all that have a impact on it? Maybe. Um, uh, you know, right now, kind of in the moment for us. I mean, we've we've obviously been doing things to emphasize that, create more opportunities for our guys to to get people on the ground and practice. And then I think a lot of it is just going back and and, and correcting. And and so much of what we see is is not necessarily guys out of position, but guys again just kind of coming in out of control. And uh, you got to it's a fine line. I mean, you have to to be a great tackler. I mean, you have to have 
you got to know when to have patience and you got to know when to have aggression because if you're too patient, you know, guys will just go around you. Um, uh, but if you're too aggressive, like we were many times against Iowa State, uh, you know, a good player is going to, is going to make you miss. And so, uh, you know, we've got to, we've got to be a little bit more patient. We've got to be and trust our fundamentals more. Um, and then, and, and then like anything, when you're running like crazy to the ball, you know, and if a guy misses a tackle, the second one's got to be there to make it right. Cause occasionally you're not going to get the guy down every single time the first time. And so uh, we've got to, we got to make up for any mistakes that we do have with just with crazy good effort. Lincoln, more on that topic, you said Saturday night at Ames that guys were going for the big shot uh, too often uh, from the first look. Can you draw a line to the need to create turnovers when they're doing something like that? It's, it's, I, I know we keep peppering you with yeah. turnover plays. Yeah. But in that case, that seems to be an instance of this is where it's fundamentally hurting us. If that's what's on your, if that's if that's what's in your head first, and not making the short fundamental play instead. Oh, uh, it's a very fair point, and one that we've really been emphasizing with our guys. I I, I don't doubt at all that there's some correlation there, and uh, and so you know that's uh, no question about it. You know, and they got guys got to understand where the turnovers come from. Yeah, if you come in there just you know full speed out of control every now and then, you know you end up putting your head your helmet on a ball and a ball pops out, and that's great, but. You know, I don't know that that's worth the the number of missed tackles that you're probably going to have there too. So, you know, a lot of times for for contact, it's going to be the second guy. It's going to be the third guy. It's the job of the first one to, to to get them wrapped up, and that's no no doubt where we have to be better. And I I think our emphasis on turnovers and our guys wanting to get them so bad has that been a part of our, us being a little out of control? Uh, I I think it's very fair to say. Thanks. Bob Bill with Sooner Scoop and then Cliff Bryant. Yeah, Lincoln, like when you have injuries, we always like to say the bye week came at a perfect time. When you lost back-to-back games, playing a rivalry game like this, does that come at the perfect time? The natural assumption is focus isn't going to be a problem having a week like this. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's definitely a great way to look at it. That's certainly how, how we're looking at it. I mean, I think – you know, I think when you've had some things not go your way, you've just got to be ready for the next challenge and however it presents itself to you. So whether we were playing somebody else, playing Texas, or have a bye week, I mean, the the way you, you know, if you're not playing the way that you want to and not not finishing games that you feel like you should finish, the, the, there's not, you know, there's no magic pill. You know, there's no there's no easy way out of this. It's you've got to grind your way out of it and you've got to work and you've got to push and you've got to stay together. And so again, whether that's playing Texas, whether that's playing somebody else in our conference or whether that's a bye week, you know, it's got to be a group that's going to attack the things that we know we need to improve. So, um, you know, does it hurt that it's Texas? Sure. It doesn't hurt. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's great, but we would be ready regardless of what was happening this week. You're obviously the guys that have a lot of success with quarterbacks and appreciates great quarterback play. What stands out most to you about Sam Ellinger's evolution over the years that you've watched? Yeah, he's an impressive kid. You know, I've always been impressed with his his toughness um, and his competitiveness, even from, uh, you know, watching him play some as a young guy. Um, you know, I think he's improved as a thrower over the years. Uh, uh, and then I, you know, one of the most impressive things to me about 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 Sam has been his durability. I mean, he's uh, 
you know, as physical as he's played the position, the way he's run with the ball, you know, as many shots as he's taken and delivered over the years, um, you know, to be able to stay on the field for the majority of those and, and stay healthy has been a big part, I think, of him being able to continue to improve. So, no, he's uh, – we've had a lot of fun battles against him, and uh, I have a I have a ton of respect for, for the, the player he is and competitor he is. And, and, uh, and so, no, like I said, just all the respect in the world for him. Yeah, no, he's done a good job. I mean, it's it's obviously a small sample size right now, but he's a uh, you know everybody in college football knows the the kind of coordinator. Uh, you know, that he is, the defensive mind he is, the success that he's had. Uh, so um, certainly wasn't a surprise to, to see that, that um, you know, that he was brought on there to Texas. Um, yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're early in their scheme. Um, and, uh, but he's got some, some really good players to work with. You know, they're doing a good job. They're playing hard. Uh, some talented kids across the board. Um, and I think like anybody, he's going to, you know, he's a good enough coach. He's going to continue to adapt it to, to, you know the personnel that, that he has there so um, you know I, I have a lot of respect for him I have for a lot of years I've followed his uh, his career and the job he's done and uh, you know certainly was no surprise that that uh, you know that Tom chose to, to bring him there to Austin Thanks. Mm-hmm. Deacon Renault with Sooners Wire and then Parker Thune Yeah Lincoln I know it's only been three games but do you plan on still rotating both guys that left tackle is that just a, an in-game position battle? And then I'm just curious, you said yesterday that the offensive line can't just be okay or solid. How disappointing has it been that that you know, group that has a bunch of experience hasn't gotten there yet? Uh, you know, we'll evaluate that position and all the other positions week to week and you know, trying to make a decision about you know, just what we think helps us win most you know, that week. Uh, yeah, as far as the group there, I mean – Again, they're kind of like our whole team. I mean, they've had some really good stretches, um, you know, and they've done some they've done some good things. I mean, they really have. I, you know, it's everybody thinks well if you're you know not running the football well or if you give up a sack that all of a sudden what's well, automatically on the offensive line. Well, no, it's not. You know, there's there's we've had some of the times when we haven't ran it well this year. You know, backs have missed cuts. Uh, I've made some poor poor calls, poor decisions on my parts. Receivers have missed blocks. I mean, we've had. Again, for us, it's just been, you know, just uh, a lot of nine and ten man football, and uh, same thing in the in the past pro game and 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 all of that. So, uh, I don't think they're any more or less to blame than 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 anybody for any of the things that haven't gone our way. Um, I do think there is a lot of positives and a lot of promise. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's a position that we hold in just you know very high regard here, and we do have high expectations for them and and. Uh, they've done a lot of good things, but can they play better? Uh, yes, they can. And uh, I know the guy we got coaching them will will stop at nothing to to get them to that point. Thanks. Parker Thune with SI Sooners and then Kerry Murdoch. Yeah, Coach Riley. It seems like Marvin Mims has carved out a pretty significant role in the offense just in three games in his collegiate career. What can you say about his development, seeing as how he's come into his own so quickly? Yeah, Marvin's doing well. You know, he's uh, he's he's done a great job. Uh, very smart kid. 
you know, has been able to pick up our schemes and, and really play with very, very few mistakes, which I think for a, a true freshman is always, you know, one of the most important things. Um, you know, you obviously see he can he can really, really run. He's got sure hands, uh, competitive kid. And, and then these moments that he's been in are certainly not too big with him or big too big for him. I mean, he, he knows he belongs and he, he's right at home out there. So... Now an exciting young freshman um, that's that's you know got some if, if he can stay healthy and continue to work he's got some big things ahead of him. Thanks, coach. Mm-hmm. Aaron Murdoch with Sooner Scoop in WWOS and then Michael Kinney. Hey Lincoln, um, you've taken three quarterbacks to the plate this game for the first time. They've all been from the state of Texas. Uh, you know, grew up at the state in the backyard. I don't know. Is there a little bit of relief in that Spencer didn't grow up with this and maybe he doesn't? Um, I, I think he understands. I think he does. He's he's been a part of this program long enough to to understand that. It doesn't mean he grew up watching it as a kid, but I, I think he's uh, I think he's got a firm, strong understanding of you know what this game's like and and uh, you know how, how fun it is, how important it is, how competitive it is. So I, I think he's. Uh, I don't have a concern about that with Spencer. I'll say that. I know the atmosphere, you know, will probably be a little bit different than it was for those three guys. But what did you learn from having first-time quarterback experience that, that you can apply to Spencer? Well, I think it's two things. I mean, I think you have to be ready for the the intensity, the competitiveness, the environment, all those things. You have to be mentally prepared for that because you know, no matter where you play, who you play for, this one is a little bit different that way. It just it just always is. Um, and then I think the second thing is just is just staying in the moment. You know, it's still despite all that and how fun it is and all that, it is still a football game, and you still uh, are going to play well by executing plays and by doing your job at that position and leading and staying in the moment and hanging in there through the ups and the downs. And and so, uh, you know, I think you got to balance the understanding of what it is with also reality that it also is going to come down to just execution and playing great football. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Michael Kinney was Sooner Spectator, and then Myron Patton. Let's go to Myron. Yeah, Lincoln. Uh, when uh, a lot of talk about the offensive line and everything else, but what about your running backs? How how have they performed? And also, none of these guys that you're playing, they've never played this game. So, just your your thoughts on that going into this contest. Uh, they've been, they've been okay. Uh, we, we expect more of those guys too. You know, we have played with a little bit of, uh, you know, it's been a little bit of musical chairs, um, you know, in there a little bit. So, you know, hopefully, you know, I think TJ can having him back now kind of full go, you know, help solidify the room. Um, and we'll continue to bring those, those young guys along because we're, we're certainly going to need them as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some positives, there's promise. Um, but then there's also, you know some some key mistakes that that we need them to shore up. So again, it's just it's a lot like I mean our whole football team. I mean you literally could go down the you know go down the the roster and it's it's going to be a very very similar answer. Um, you know promise uh, doing some really good things, but a lot that we got to clean up and a lot that we have to improve on. And that position certainly no different. Time for a few more. Let's go to back to Barry Trammell. Yeah, Lincoln, we talked about the atmosphere on Saturday, but 
you really have any idea what the atmosphere is going to be like? I mean, there's not the fairgrounds are going to be empty when you get there. Uh, there's going to be one quarter of the fans when you run out on the field. All those things. Do you, do you have a clue on what what this game's actually going to feel like on Saturday? You know it. it it, it will be interesting. I mean, just the you know the bus ride in is always one of the, other than the game, is one of the coolest parts of this. And and uh, yeah, to pull into the fairgrounds without anybody there will be a little eerie. I think honestly, for those of us that have been you know been able to experience that, you know, as far as yeah, the game atmosphere it'll be it will be interesting. You know, in that it's in that it's you know neutral. You know, and so you know we've been we've been on the road with you know, whatever, 25% there. We've obviously been at home with 25% there. You know, now you're going to be somewhere where it's going to be, you know, whatever, 12.5% apiece. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it'll it be different. I mean, there's no doubt. And I, it's just that's just 2020 right now, I guess. So I, I think the quality of the game and the intensity and all that will be very, very similar. Um, but, yeah, the atmosphere, it'll be different and probably, uh, you know, more different than any, any other game that we play all year because of the, the neutral combined with the, just the 25% capacity. Back to Eric Bailey. Hey, Lincoln, you faced Mike Yersich's offense while he was at Oklahoma State. Do you see a lot of similarities with what he's doing at Texas to what he did at OSU? Yeah, yeah, that definitely. No, there's definitely some similarities. And, and honestly, a lot of, you know, what they were doing before – there's certainly some carryover. I mean, there wasn't a, just a ton of differences. There, there's some key differences, but not. It's not like you know going in there and they're just doing so, something to, so radically different from you know what they've done offensively in the past. So, um, but no, yeah, we got a chance to obviously compete against Mike several years and and uh, before he ran up to Ohio State for a couple of years. But he's uh, you know really really good coach. You know, was always able to to produce some really good offenses there at Oklahoma State. Developed some really good players, and uh, you know he's done a um, you know here early into to his time here at Texas has done a good job with this group. James Hill, Lincoln, uh, you talked a lot about when you recruited the young freshmen that you had, the uh, the Washingtons, the DJ Graham and uh, Eden Ellison, that you liked their physical uh, being they were leaps and things like that they also went through COVID uh, some kind of uh, you know COVID where they were out for a couple of weeks and now I'm just curious have you been able to ramp them back up do you expect you can use them here if you need them soon yeah we think we're getting close with honestly there's a number of guys a number of positions that you know you hoped you know would be able to help you by now and in, and in a normal year I think I think would be helping us right now um yeah, several of those guys, like you said, knocked out with COVID for, you know, 10, 14, 28 days. Um, and it, you know, that combined with the offseason being a little different and those guys that were here in spring missing all spring ball. I mean, there's just the development for those guys has been has been different. And uh, so there's, there's certainly a lot of talent there. You know, we're, we're pushing like crazy to to get those guys ready to play because you got to take that talent. It's still got to be able to run the calls and execute and go do it. And so uh, – I certainly think we're getting closer, and uh, those guys are getting better and giving us more and more reason to to want to put them on the field. Thanks. Mm -hmm. And we'll go back and we'll try Michael Kenny again. We'll see you in there. All right. Coach, can you just talk about the weekly preparation you have to go through uh, while dealing with COVID-19? How has that changed throughout the process, throughout these three uh, last two, three weeks? Yeah, no, it's it's definitely it's changed a lot. I mean, you know, again, just your your roster availability, you know, seems to seems to change daily. 
Um, you know, and then even as something is, you know, you may have a guy that has a cold, you know, normally would never even think about missing, you know, a guy with a cold missing a practice and then, you know, out of abundance and have to get guys tested for COVID and all that. It, it, it just, it certainly does change. Um, yeah. And then it, it kind of the same changes that you had during the season or, or during the, the uh, preseason that, that continue to affect us of, you know, the way you practice, the way you in practice, who you get in the locker room, who you don't. I mean, there's, you know, who you expose to who. There's just, there is, there's just a lot more to it than there's ever been. And, and no question the season has brought about some some different challenges that I think we've, by now I feel like we've adapted to. But again, you just, you don't ever really feel like you have this thing beat. I mean, it just, you can go go have six weeks worth of, you know, negative tests, everything going great, and then one you know, one test, one exposure can be just a like almost like a grenade going off within the program because it can affect so many people. Um, so, you know, we're trying to keep our guard up, uh, trying to continue to find any holes or any leaks in, in what we're doing, and uh, you know, and 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 you know, you just got to stay committed to it. You can't, you can't, you can't take your foot off the gas. You can't relax for one second with it, or it'll bite you. Yeah, no, we're not. I mean, we're not close to a full two deep, and haven't even been close for at any point this year. Um, I, you know, I think we're doing a pretty good job handling the COVID situation right now. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of guys getting some opportunities maybe early more earlier than than we expected, or maybe even that they expected, and so we're we're growing with that. Um, and so, you know, listen, that's that's this year. You know, you've. You got to play with the guys you got, and you gotta you gotta get the guys that you have ready. And uh, and I think you have to control, you know, what you can control, and not wonder about what ifs or this or that. You know, very simply, these are the guys you have. These are the guys you get ready, and you go out and and you fight like hell and go and go play to win. And uh, that's what you know. That's what we've got to do. That's what we've got to continue to do. And we're going to continue to to fight like crazy and do that. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.